Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. As a real estate investor, you're always looking for good deals. But with everything happening in real estate, are there still great deals in great markets? We'll talk about that today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms. I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, the 2017 Goals Retreat, January 6th through 8th in beautiful San Diego, California. This unique weekend has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2017 Goals Retreat on the first weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Joining me as usual, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. Traveling around the world we are these few months. Yes, we are. It's a lot of fun. It is. You know, it's a big world, lots of it to see. And, you know, as we talk to, to real estate investors, there's this squeeze that's happening. Certainly multifamily we've been talking about for a lot of months, that the cap rates are squeezed. Now, if you're new to real estate investing, all that means is that the returns that we see in multifamily apartment properties have come down a little because a lot of money is chasing those deals. So when we pay more money for the same amount of income, our return is just a little bit less. Right. And that may seem a little odd because you read all the time about how rents are going up and they have been going up. But the problem is, is that because they've been going up and this is what always happens, people can see the growth, investors see the growth and they all start chasing it. And especially in a world starved with yield, it's no secret that the Fed and interest rates, you know, have been a big story, right? And they've been low, they've been very low, negative interest rate bonds around the world. So when you're looking at investors, they're out there trying to figure where can I go to get cash flow on my investment? And real estate has been forever a great cash flow investment, not just because of the income, but also because of the tax benefits. And so based on that, you got money chasing it. So the rents are going up, but the prices are going up even faster. Right. If we're going to be in a bidding situation for a property, any kind of property, we bid the price up. What we aren't doing is bidding the rent up. So even though the rent trend is up, we pay more for the property, the return is a little bit less. Now, you know what? Some investors are fine with that because they know markets change. When the market is down, it's really hard as an investor to have the fortitude to invest anyway, even though the returns are going to be up in that situation. I pay less for the property, but gosh, nobody else is bidding. Am I the only idiot at the room? We saw Ken McElroy spend $400 million on property in the downturn. In many cases, the only bidder at the table. We talked to Ken a few weeks ago. Now, when they do make an offer, there's 20 or 30 other bids. It's a tough time to be investors. So the premise of this show today is we talk about great markets and great deals. 
Are there any left? Are there any markets, right? Six, seven years ago, we were buying at below replacement costs. We could go into many great markets and buy a home or an apartment building or a retail center for less than it costs to buy the land and build it. That's rare, right? We talked to the godfather and there's maybe been three times in his seven decade investing career where you've been able to buy consistently at below replacement cost. When you can do that, you should do that. But in most markets today, you're not buying below replacement cost anymore. There's a handful, but Prices have been bid up, more people in the market, more listeners. We just had our second biggest download month ever, which came right after our biggest download month ever, and it had to do with the number of days in the month. So more people are listening to our show than ever before. We're going to assume it's not because we're the greatest guys on earth, because people are more interested in real estate, and other podcasts are probably up in listenership too. That tells you something. That's a clue. People are interested. When more people are interested, the returns can go down. So the big question is, is there still opportunity? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's just one more point, a factoid on the curve of money chasing real estate. You know, we I think we talked about this at our last syndication event, but there was an article recently that said real estate funds, you know, paper asset funds that invest in real estate uh, had their biggest single week of cash inflows ever at $3 billion in a single week. And that beat the second highest, what is now the second highest, the former record set in the same month, September 2016, uh, of one point. I think six, eight billion. So almost double. And so you look at that and think, wow, real estate is hot. Well, and especially those those funds are not buying little houses, right? We talk about REITs, real estate investment trusts, big vehicles. It's stock investors. It's equity-minded folks, but they're in the real estate asset class in their minds. So it's just one more point in the curve that says investors of any kind are chasing yield and chasing yield in real estate. Yeah, it's, it's the income that they're after. And so real estate and all different types of real estate at its core, basically real estate is an income producing asset. Almost all real estate is, you know, you can say, well, development or whatever, but those guys are selling it to somebody that is going to probably be renting it out uh, or a homeowner is going to be making a mortgage payment, right? So there's always typically income related. Obviously, as real estate investors, we're always interested in looking at income and the income at real estate is attracting capital. So that's important. Here's the other thing though. Real estate is not a market. We talk about this all the time. It's not a market because it's geographically different. It's not a market because it is product type and user different, uh, industry related, can be jurisdiction related. There's a lot of things. And specifically on this jurisdiction issue, this is the thing that's interesting. If you go back and look at when real estate was dirt cheap, I mean, you know, literally below replacement cost in great markets, a big part of that was the downward pressure on pricing caused by the foreclosure crisis. Yep. Well, some states cleared their backlog of foreclosures quicker than others because of the way the laws work. Today, we're going to be looking at a market that has a slower process for doing that. And if you think about ultimately what that means, that could be that there's an opportunity in a great market that is still not as far down the recovery curve as other markets, but headed in the right direction. So that's one point. The other point is that when things get tight, you have to find a way as a buyer to be able to be more competitive. Doesn't mean you have to have a higher price. You know, we talk all the time in a competitive market. If you come in with an all cash offer, for example, as a buyer, or you are strongly pre-qualified for a mortgage versus somebody else who isn't. Now the seller is going, well, I have this bid, which is slightly higher, but this bid, which is more certain to occur, great. Or We've done this in the past where we go and find a developer and they're closing out their inventory. They've got five properties left to go. If you can come in and take down all five, 
the seller has saved some marketing expense and, and shortened time frames and they get their money back quicker. They're willing to provide a discount for that. So when you can find a way to pick a market perhaps where there is pressure in a good way that allows the prices to still remain a little bit more competitive and you marry that to the idea of being able to be a more competitive buyer, you can find bargains. And so just because real estate is hot, just because a bunch of money is coming into the space doesn't mean there aren't deals out there, but you've got to know where to find them. And today, we get to talk to somebody who's actually figured some of this out. Well, anytime as a real estate investor, you have to play the cards that are dealt, the market that you're in today. Let's say you're brand new to real estate investing and ready to buy your first investment property. Well, you have today's market to deal with, or you can wait 10 years and whatever that market is, right? But as investors, we continue to acquire in different markets and our strategy changes. Sometimes our market changes. Sometimes what's available changes. Now, big context is this, especially for those of you new to the show, and thankfully we've got a lot of new listeners, so thanks for that that tell a friend about the real estate guys in our world it works like this you start with who you are what we call personal investment philosophy you better get clear on that before you do anything else you can't really buy the right property in the right market if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish what do you want real estate to do for you and that's a whole show upon itself and I'm sure if you go in the archives you'll find that show once you figured that out now you have to find a market, a real estate market. Before you even think about a property, a market that makes sense, that can feed the type of property that you're looking for and what your need is as a real estate investor. Once you find a market or a couple of markets that make sense for you, then you got to have a team. A team is the one that's going to go out and make sure that you can execute. And that's your property manager, your real estate broker, your lender, perhaps your CPA, attorney, all kinds of folks on your team, some of whom are local to you, some of whom are local to the market. So team is critical, especially if you don't live in the market you're investing in. And then finally, the last thing, the fourth thing, the thing at the bottom is the property. Once I figured that out, I buy the property. I better have a team in place and I better be in the right market. Well, too many people start with the property. Their, their buddy has a house to sell and they buy the house and they don't know why the market is. They don't have a team. They have to go find a team. So let's talk about the evolution of a single family investor. You know, we have folks who listen from all over the world and who invest in lots of different things. And we talk about lots of different things. But if we focus on single family, for many people, that's where they start. They understand. They maybe grew up at a single family house or a condominium. They get the revenue model. Someone lives in my house and pays me rent. I get that. It's simple. A lot of investors will go out, they'll find a market, and they'll find a house for sale. Okay, here's a house, and this seems like a good house, and it looks like a good rental neighborhood, so they buy the house, and then they do some work. Well, it needs paint, it needs carpet, it needs to change here, they do some work. Then they find a property manager, and they go, okay, the property manager is going to find us a tenant, and maybe the property manager goes, a perfect house, and maybe the property manager goes, well, I'm not sure what I bought here, but okay, right? Then they get it managed, and, and through that whole process, there's negative cash flow because they're spending money, the house is vacant, and finally, they get to the point where they've got got a tenant in and now they know what their investment is. That's one way to go. And certainly a lot of us, me included, that's how I bought my first property. I bought a duplex. I was living in half. I renovated the other half, moved a tenant in. My first tenant was my sister. She moved out. I got a real tenant. I bought another house to live in. I moved someone into my, held that property for a long, long time, 1031, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's how we think. Then there's folks that have a desire to invest in real estate, they have busy lives. They're successful already, but they want to add real estate to the portfolio. They're looking for something that's a little more turnkey. So a turnkey real estate provider will do all of the work I talked about and then sell you the house with a tenant in it already performing. 
Well, guess what? You're going to pay a little more for that than you would have, but the reality is you're going to have had a professional find and source the property, do the right repairs. Because if you don't know exactly what a tenant's willing to pay more for, you're not necessarily going to do the right things. You might spend foolishly. Maybe you'll miss some things you should have done. Once they do that, then they vet the tenant and they either have a property management solution or they have a strong property manager in the area. They get a great tenant in there. And in many cases, they hold it for a while to make sure the tenant sticks and make sure the performance is good. Today, personally, I would much rather buy that fat cow rather than buy the old skinny cow and try to fatten up myself. When I started in real estate, I wanted to fatten up skinny cows because I could create some equity that way. I could force some equity in our vernacular. Today, not. So you have to decide which end of this you want to get in on. Well, yeah. I mean, some people like to make their own lunch and take it to work, and other people go out to a restaurant and just buy it when it's ready to eat, you know? So yep. I'm in the latter camp. I'm not interested in being in the kitchen. So some people are, and that's great, right? And you need those people because the people who are in the kitchen are the ones who prepare the thing that I want to eat because all I want to do is just get in and out and eat. So it's that same kind of exchange. So we love turnkey providers. We love the concept of turnkey. We think it's the ideal solution for someone who is long distance. And if you don't happen to be living in a market that's an ideal place to invest, then a turnkey provider in the market you're interested in is really the person you're looking for. So today we're in one of the markets that we've been watching a long time and really enjoy. And this has been a great fun market. It's a fun place to visit, but it also has great real estate metrics. We're in Orlando, Florida. When we come back, you're going to meet one of our good friends who's a turnkey provider here in Orlando, and we'll find out whether this great market still has any good deals today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi. This is Patrick Donahoe of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. The number one concern of all Americans is still money. So are you ready for another way? I've spent the last 10 years teaching people like you a superior way to build wealth and financial independence outside of Wall Street. I've developed a free e-learning program called Infinite 101 where you can learn about the perpetual wealth strategy. In this free program, you'll learn how to build your wealth without a 401k, IRA, or mutual funds. You'll also learn how to establish private financing without ever having to walk into a bank again. These are just two of the many ways this free program can propel you toward financial independence. Simply go to paradigmlife.net and click on the register button on the top right corner of the page to gain instant access. Hi, this is Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have fun. You'll learn something. 
Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program this week in beautiful Orlando, Florida. We're talking about real estate opportunity. Is there still good properties in good markets? Let's welcome back to the Real Estate Guys, a gentleman that we've got to know quite well over the years from Orlando, Mr. Greg Bond. Hey, Greg. Hey, Robert. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to be talking with you today. It's always good to get in a conversation with you, especially if we can get it recorded on the show because you're doing a ton of stuff. And, and I think some of the listeners have heard your story, but most probably haven't. Uh, how did you get in real estate? And tell us how you got to the point where you now have dozens and dozens and dozens of houses. Well, started early on, Robert. Uh, my, uh, my wife and I, when we were first married, we decided uh, we wanted to live on my income. And we were both working, and we said, what are we going to do with that extra income? We decided to invest it in real estate. So we thought, uh, you know, that will throw off great passive income for retirement. We get 30-year fixed rate uh, financing on a property. We rent it for 30 years. At the point that we're ready to retire, it's throwing off some nice income. So it was, I hadn't read uh, Robert's uh, book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I uh, wasn't even aware it uh, existed at that point. So we were just kind of following that model, though. All right. Well, lots of folks get that at a kind of a cellular level, right? I have a house, you know, Jim Rohn would say have a bicycle to ride and a bicycle bicycle to rent to young people. Uh, we say have a house to, to live in and a house to rent out. It seems like, okay, that, that makes sense. Real estate's a good asset. And little by little, you get into that and you start to learn your way around. Yeah. I, I, well, we were doing that. Uh, first house we bought was 1988. Uh, so it's been a transition. And uh, about 2009, I transitioned in from, I had a, also had a job while I was doing uh, building those uh, that portfolio. In 2009, my uh, job in the paper-based map business kind of declined significantly to the point that we had to close that down. Uh, so I looked at what my next job was going to be, and uh, I jumped into real estate and found that I had a knack for finding properties, uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, that seemed to be really my one of my passions. And uh, so I, I quickly uh, started buying as much real estate as I could, did, not realizing that it was at the very bottom of the market. And uh, just uh, sometimes timing is is uh, is good. Well, that part worked out well for you. Uh, one of the things that uh, where you and I differ a bit is that I really don't know which end of the hammer to use. But you have some of those skills, and so part of what you were doing assembling your portfolio was finding houses that needed some work. Yes, uh, most of them were uh, short sales, bank owned, a lot of auctions. Uh, we'd find the the worst houses in the in the best places, uh, rehab them, put a tenant in them. Uh, then I quickly ran out of cash, Robert, and I was uh, uh, not realizing and really focusing on what was going on in the uh, in the economic market. I uh, went to the bank and said, "Here's my tax returns. Here's all my financial information. Please give me some more loans." And they uh, looked at me like I had a uh, three eyes, and they <laughs> said, uh, "Sorry, we can't help you." And I, I didn't quite understand. And it took uh, three banks to to get uh, through to me that I wasn't going to get a loan. Right. So at that point, I started talking to some friends, and they said. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd be interested in buying a property. And I thought, oh, okay. So I started selling to a few investors, just friends and family at first. And then they would recommend me to somebody else and they'd recommend me to somebody else. And all of a sudden I had this big network of investors that wanted to buy properties. Well, this is interesting because rather than just go say, well, I'll get my broker's license and I'll just go you know, sell houses to people, you already had performing properties and they work for you. And your, and your intention was just to hold those for, for throwing off cash oh, yeah. like you talked about. But because you had captured some equity, you'd force some equity. If you could sell those properties, that would give you money to go do it again. So you became a guy who was continuing to buy and renovate and, and tenant properties, while at the same time, you were also working through this network of folks who also wanted to do the same thing and maybe didn't have the insight into find properties, didn't have the patience to go look at a lot of properties, and didn't know what to do with them once they found them. Right. I, I didn't realize uh, how unique I was in the market, that I had time 
and I had an expertise to go out and find those properties. And a lot of our, uh, a lot of my investors are, are professional people, and time is crucial for them. They just don't have time to go out and go through those processes. And that's something that in the early years I just didn't realize uh, that I was really providing a tremendous service for them. And now I've I've come to learn that that's something how I can really help people. Yeah, let's talk about the property management side because that's kind of the bane of the existence of many real estate investors. A great property manager can make or break uh, the investment. And for whatever reason in our industry, it seems it's the it's the least appreciated vendor and the most important in my mind. And so that's got to be an issue when you've got lots of property. How did you handle property management? Well, in the early years, it was a, it was a struggle. And looking back, I wish I had not have managed my own properties. It would have been much more profitable for me to have a property manager just because of all the mistakes that I made. And uh, But you learn from those mistakes, and that's what's made me a better property manager today is going through those mistakes. Uh, so I look at it and just say, I went through it, I'm better for it, and I'm ready to help more people. Yeah, so today you guys have a property management business and you also have a business that helps investors find houses and married together that kind of turns out not what we would call a turnkey operation where an investor who looks at, at what at you have to offer it's it's done right it's it's been renovated it's got a tenant in it it's kind of a kind of a turnkey deal yeah absolutely Robert we try and find uh, the properties uh, I run them through a matrix and say you know how much are the, how much are the repair costs going to be what are my taxes what are my insurance and then I'm I'm looking for a number so basically what my spreadsheet does is it, it builds back into, it backs into a number and says, here's what you can offer for that property. Based on this criteria, here's what you can pay. And that's what I offer. And I sometimes I'll vary from that, but not uh, very frequently. Right. The number's the number. and You have to have discipline, especially. And here's another advantage you have when you've done it a bunch is that new eager investor that you might sell a property to, left to their own devices, they'll overpay, they'll underestimate cost, right? I mean, we've had the opportunity to walk through houses with you that you've done work on and and you've got this knack, which I'm assuming you just developed over time. You kind of had the construction side. You had that gifting, if you will. And then you figured out where it made sense to spend money and not, what tenants would pay for and not, and focus on the type of property that suits itself well to a long-term tenant. And knowing the property management side, right, that's a big part of it. So talk about the kind of strata of where you are in the marketplace uh, in terms of the tenant profiles in the neighborhood you're in, maybe kind of price range, those kinds of things. Well, it, uh, one of the things that we found is the vacancy is, is just a killer to that ROI. So we want to, we want to look for really vet those tenants out. Uh, before we put them in, because that, that's just key to keeping good tenants. We also, uh, at the end of a lease, we want to keep that tenant in place a couple months before that lease ends. We want to be sending them a letter and saying, what can we do to improve the property? The lease is coming up. Can we maybe offer you a, a $250 credit? What would you like uh, improved in that property? How can we make it uh, better for you? And and that just kind of reinforces in their mind, this is somebody who cares. We love the property here, and they're going to do something else for us. They're going to put in a built-in microwave for us. They're going to put in, you know, whatever the case is, whatever they want, but it's just a little something that says thank you. Yeah, good stuff. And then, you know, as you know, we have people listening to the program, some of whom might think, well, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy that can find properties for me. But there's other folks who are thinking, well, I want to kind of do what Greg does. And I know you're always open to, to teaching and sharing. In fact, people who listen to our show for a while are probably very aware of uh, Terry Kerr in Memphis. I know you spent some time with Terry to kind of learn how he was doing things. And, and uh, talk about that process, about how you refine your business to kind of the next level. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was wonderful. Uh, it was at Russ's suggestion. Russ said, you know, Greg, what you're doing here, Terry is a couple steps uh, beyond where you are. It'd be good to connect with Terry. And Terry was so gracious, showing us his whole operation. And it kind of gave me a vision for what my next steps were and how I wanted to structure my business. So uh, we started out with just the property management company, and that was called the Property Manager Guys. And uh, then we looked and said, okay, we're not going to sell in the property manager guys company. That's our property management company. So we started Greater Orlando Home Buyers, and that's where we're basically buying the properties, rehabbing the properties, and then selling them to investors out of the out of the uh, the Greater Orlando Home Buyers. And, and these are often managed by your management company, but there's no requirement for a buyer to do that. They could manage themselves. They could find another management company. But like Terry, same situation. Terry found out that the most important part to have that durability of income is property management. So same thing, he has uh, that kind of solution. Uh, another big change, just kind of witnessing what's happened in your business is I remember uh, when we talked and we had toured some of your properties, one of your big challenges, one of the big challenges a lot of folks have was sourcing inventory in the marketplace. But now it seems like you figured that part out, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, right? I mean, as you go through, you learn through the process. And uh, I, I've learned that, uh, you know, I don't have to go look at every property myself. Um, I, uh, I joined my local RIA, uh, CFRI, uh, wonderful local RIA. I'm, I'm currently the treasurer of that organization. Uh, so I've kind of built my way up and, and built a, a following within the organization. But a lot of those, uh, a lot of people in the organization, they're able to source properties, but they're selling them off to wholesalers. So they're making a few dollars on that, but then they could make more. So I, I stood up at one of our local meetings and said, listen, if anybody's got properties for sale, uh, I can probably pay you significantly more than what you could sell it to a wholesaler for. And Robert, I got uh, 11 properties that month. It was like, wait a minute. I didn't go out and look at any of these properties. These deals were brought to me. So I'm like, wow, there's a, there's another way to, to find these properties. And as long as you have the cash to do it, but now a lot of these properties need a significant work. So, you know, even if somebody was trying to do it themselves, trying to source the guy to do the flooring, trying to source the guy to do the paint and the, and the roof and the, there's a lot of moving parts to that, that, that I've kind of been able to, uh, to source and put together, uh, preferred vendors and, and a, a team. I mean, it's, it's all about the team. And so if you don't have that team, you can end up with a big mess on your hand and a big experience. Well, you sure can. This is the competitive advantage and, and, you know, proposition that you guys add, of course, is that you've got the teams, you buy in bulk, you have consistent materials, all those things that it takes a while to learn. Not that we would ever discourage anybody from doing that. You know, a few weeks back, we talked about um, the idea of flipping a property. Russ and I have both done very limited numbers of those. We're not flipping guys, but we certainly learned a lot going through that process. Russ, from a hands-on point of view, me from a how do I hire a team point of view, but uh, both very profitable transactions. At the end of the day, though, flipping property isn't real estate investment. That's a, that's a job. And some, you do some of that. And you also are an investor. You hold property for the long term. So I think appreciating seeing both sides is great. Buying a home like from a developer whose only job is to build and sell is different than when you have somebody that also knows what it's like to be the person that is the recipient and the keeper of that property. So that's a big deal. So before, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the market because all we've talked about so far is finding a good deal. You figured out some great inroads into that. You're able to get good costs on your work and materials. So that gives you a competitive advantage and you can deliver a property that makes sense for an investor because you found out not just how to source properties but within your giant marketplace where are the pockets right where are the places that make sense uh, we'll talk about some of that uh, when we get back but when it comes to the real estate side 
How is it that you're able to make sure that the property can perform before you've even done any of the work or any of that? You've talked about the spreadsheet, but what else is important when you look at a house? Someone brings you a house and, and you're like, does this make sense? Can can I turn this into a great turnkey asset? Yeah, well, it all is keyed off the, the monthly rent. So you really have to know what you can get for that property because that's your income coming in. That's what your customer is paying you. So if, if that number, if you can't uh, be sure of that number, then you've got problems. You got to, you got to be real sure on what that rent is. And that's where I've been in the business long enough that I know I can get a thousand dollars. I can get $1,200 pretty much any of those markets, I can I just pretty much intuitively at this point know. Uh, you can go to Rentometer. There's some other sources. You can look it up on Zillow and see. That gives you a general idea. But uh, when, when getting down to brass tacks and understanding, okay, can I really get that? And then it uh, then it becomes a matter of, do you put in the granite countertops? Do you put in some upgrades? Is that are those costs going to pay off? Are you going to get a dollar more in rent because you put in granite countertops and spent an extra two grand? So that's kind of a balancing act. Uh, you know, I, and I've, I've learned the hard way in some cases. But, well, the great thing about learning the hard way is those lessons stick with you. We're talking with Greg Bond today about uh, single family investing and turnkey investing. When we come back, we're talking about his market. Is Orlando a great market? And if so, why? And given that, is it too late? We'll also play Real Estate Trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Anthony Mercury from Hotel Impossible, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, and thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate you. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys. We're talking about finding great properties in strong real estate markets. Is that even possible? Obviously, Greg Bond has had a lot to say about that. Before we get back to our interview with Greg, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question, which will have something to do with Orlando. When you hear the question and think you know the answer, send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. 
trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Be sure to include your name and the mailing address you'd like your prize sent to because if you win, we're going to send you a copy of The Social Capitalist, a great book by Rich Dad Advisors Josh and Lisa Lannon. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Now, I'll tell you, it's kind of a tough one. Before we give you this week's question, last week on The Real Estate Guys, we were talking with Glenn Mather about what's happening in the world of self-retirement accounts. We asked this, name the longest river in Ireland. Actually, a fairly easy question. The longest river is the River Shannon. It's 360.5 kilometers long. That's about 224 miles. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Greg Bond works in Greater Orlando, Florida, which of course many people know as one of the theme park capitals of the world. In fact, there's lots of theme parks here in Orlando. What we want to know is this, which one was first? Yeah, name the first theme park to ever go into Orlando, Florida. If you know or just want to take a guess, send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address. Because if you're first with the right answer, you're going to get a copy of The Social Capitalist by Josh and Lisa Lannon. That's today's real estate trivia question. We are in the land of the mouse, Orlando, Florida. Always great to come here and uh, with Greg Bond talking about what you guys are doing in the single family space, which is great. I know it's not the only part of real estate you play in, but for the purpose of our discussion today, that's really where there seems to be opportunity. Growing market, great job market, great vitality in this market. First of all, let's talk a little bit about Orlando. What does Orlando look like today? Orlando is just a tremendous booming market, Robert. When you look at all the indicators, right, you guys teach look at those indicators and Orlando just about checks every box uh, when you look at the uh, traffic the infrastructure going in uh, expanding I-4 the beltway going around Orlando light rail expanding the airport the rail going to Cocoa out to uh, Port Canaveral potential rail coming from Miami you just look at all that and you go it's it's setting us up for growth Orlando is just uh, uh, tremendous a lot of flights being added here a lot of diverse industry here right people say well it's all about the theme parks well that's a big driver here and, and certainly not the only driver conventions one of the largest convention centers and convention towns there is in the u.s so there's always that leisure travel market but in addition to that great medical infrastructure entire industries are headquartered here i mean it's pretty diverse it's 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 really bringing it in when, you, when you're talking the lake nona area specifically down in medical city i mean there is so much medical uh, technology and uh, research going on down there it's just that whole area has just exploded to the point that uh, from a rental standpoint it's almost pushed it beyond that point where where you can find decent rentals in that area. Well, that's always a concern, right? So let's talk about that part because we have to understand is just because a market's population is increasing, which is generally good, and jobs are increasing, what's happening on the real estate side it's the rental increase compared to the price increase. And Russ and I were talking at the beginning of the show, in a lot of markets, cap rates are being squeezed because although rents are going up, prices are going up faster. And so the big question on everyone's mind is it looks strong. Is it too late? Let's talk about the performance of the rents and the pricing here over the last few years. It's all in the marketing, and if you have enough tentacles going out, so you're you're sending out some some letters, you're send, you're doing some probates, you're doing some auctions, you're doing some some with your uh, your local RIA, and really just because I've been in the business long enough, uh, people are bringing me deals. Right. So it it's it's the whole uh, all of those together making making up the process of, of finding those deals. So it used to be I would I would go through uh, uh, anywhere from forty to sixty properties a week. Of those, I'd maybe make offers on. Uh, uh, half of them, and then maybe one of those would actually say yes. Yeah. And then I went through, actually, I went through quite a period uh, where I didn't get any properties. I put 280 offers in, 
And Robert, I got no deals. You know, I think last time we had you on the show, it was right when that had just happened. And I know there was frustration there, but to your credit, you kept after it. You were tenacious. And not only has the market changed a little bit, but you've developed more inroads into inventory. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, what we're trying to do is source about 10 properties a month. Obviously, I was doing three, four, five, so now that's kind of doubling my capacity, right? So now is the team up to, and can we add additional team members to be able to support that type of volume? And so that's been one of our big struggles now is is building up to that point. So we have uh, the inventory to supply to investors. Well, and this is a lesson for you know outside of your market and what you're doing. This is a great lesson anyway that we are productive when we work at our highest and best use. And because you're a hands-on guy and you could do virtually every part of the transaction, you have a tendency to want to. And it's hard to let go of that part of it. I mean, you are a hands-on operator. And as a hands-on operator, maybe you can get that one property a month and that's no problem. But 10 properties a month, there's not enough hours in the day. There is, There certainly isn't. I remember coming, Robert, to the first summit that I came to in 2014. And I came in and uh, I really didn't understand what you guys were about. I, I had uh, Glenn Mather. Glenn had invited me. He was a speaker and said, come, you'll learn a lot. And I thought, yeah, 10, 11 days. I don't want to spend that amount of time. And I got there and, Robert, it changed my life. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Russ challenged me on was, you know, what's the best use of your time? And, and I, I never really, I guess, considered that question. And then they were talking about, uh, you know, what are the what are the minimum wage activities you're doing? And well, at that point, I'm dropping off the refrigerators. I'm picking the stuff up. I'm delivering it. That my time is much better spent finding properties and uh, and helping investors get into that because I can I can really be a help. And that's what I ultimately want to do. I want to help investors. I, I really like to talk with people, investors, when they when they show an interest and say, what are you really trying to accomplish? Again, getting to what's their investing philosophy. From there, I may point them into a property in this market because it meshes better with what they're really trying to accomplish versus another market. So I really I really want to have that in depth conversation with with an investor before I just let them select a property. I mean, obviously, I'll let them select a property. And if they want to manage themselves, they can do that. But I want to make some suggestions to them and see if I can help them. Well, and you've certainly specialized on some sub markets in every market. You know, the sub markets is what makes sense. I mean, you can say, well, New York's an expensive market. Yeah, but there's places in New York that make sense as an investor or, you know, California, right? Prices are out of the off the roof. Well, yeah, but there if you look, there are sub markets. If I say, well, you know, Dallas, Texas is a great market. That's way too big of a market. There's areas in Dallas you'd wouldn't want to touch and there's areas where it makes sense so we're not going to talk about the specific areas because people may may or may not be interested in Orlando before we're done Greg has a report all about Orlando so you're interested in the marketplace you'll be able to get that for free but let's talk about the prices of a house that you might uh, have in your portfolio and kind of the rent to price ratio just give us an example of the financial performance of these assets well, our specialty has been in the eighty thousand to one hundred and fifty range. Okay, that, eighty thousand to one hundred and fifty. That's for the whole house. That's for the whole house. Okay, just checking because <laughs> there's some nice houses in Orlando, but that that sounds like a pretty affordable range. Well, that that seems to where you get your best return on investment. So you're you're looking at these things, saying, "Great, there's there's a deal on this," and and this is one of the things that I did. I took my eye off the ball, got out of my specialty, and I ended up buying a house that was a luxury house and thought, I can make some money on this. I'll just flip this one, right? That's not my market. Right. I ended up taking a bath. It took a lot longer. I, I didn't understand the extras that have to go into that type of luxury house because I'm building single family 
rental homes. I'm not a luxury builder. Right. And so it, it was a it was a lesson uh, hard learned. You know, in that same time and effort I put into that home, I probably could have done four or five uh, single family rentals, and uh, I made a, a whopping ten thousand dollar return on that uh, on that big deal, Robert. So it was wow. uh, it was a lesson well learned. There's a great lesson. So by focusing on the market that makes sense, not just for you, the stuff you want to keep and you and your wife want to have in your portfolio, but properties that make sense for investors. So take us to a hundred thousand dollar house. If if it's a hundred thousand dollar house that you have and it's been renovated and there's a tenant in it, what is the range that might rent for in your market? A hundred thousand dollar house would rent for a thousand dollars a month. Wow. So generally the 1% rule sounds like it works here. That's what we're trying to keep with all of our properties. You'll see uh, on our website, pretty much every property is a hundred times rent. Okay. There's going to be some exceptions. You know, if we've got, uh, like we've got several houses with an acre of land or we've got uh, a house with a mother-in-law quarters attached. So there's some of those things that would, would bump that uh, that number up. But by and large, most of the properties are going to be at that 1%. So no investor left behind. If you don't understand 1%, it's just the concept called gross rent multiplier. And on a annual basis, you look at what the rent, how the rent uh, is in comparison to the price and you come up with a number. But how that translates on the street is we often, no matter what market we're in, we're saying, well, hey, if a $100,000 house gets $1,000 a month, that's 1% or 100 times as you talked about, then that's probably within in shooting distance of, of financial performance, right? So a house that, uh, say, say that same $100,000 house would rent for $1,500. Okay, well, that's really attractive. The chances are that the neighborhood and market might not be great, right? right. On the other hand, a $100,000 house that rents for two hundred dollars a month. Maybe that's an extreme, but that's not going to work. So the 1% means we're in, in spitting distance, which I, frankly, surprises me in a market this nice because there's a lot of markets that are 1% markets that don't have what this market has. So part of that is because you end up selling to an investor and not to an end user. So an end user, someone who's going to live in the home will pay a premium. And yet you've discovered that you can sell to an investor for less money and why would you do that? Well, because investors will buy more and investors are buying that stream of income. So this is also part of the philosophy that it takes. And I know when this market gets strong, there is that temptation to say, well, if I throw it on the MLS and get a owner occupant to buy it, I might make more. And occasionally you'll do that. But uh, talk to the idea of, of creating the value in the rental so that an inv- so it makes sense for an investor. Well, you know, you got to look the the investor is going to look at a couple different things. They're going to look at the cash on cash return and whether they want to use leverage or not, you know, which can enhance that uh, that return. Uh it but right now I'm I'm strictly a cash flow buyer, but I certainly like to look at the opportunity of some appreciation. Sure. And in the Orlando market right now, Robert, there's there's a tremendous opportunity for the appreciation side. I mean, we still are at probably 60% of that top of the market uh, 2006 7 range. And so for whatever reason, the Orlando market just hasn't caught up with the rest of the nation. So there's tremendous opportunities in Orlando. And uh, when you add the appreciation side onto the uh, the cash flow side and return on investment, uh, it's, it just adds up to be a tremendous uh, tremendous return. Well, in fact, you put together a report on Orlando that we're going to make available to the listeners. Tell us uh, what's in the report. Well, uh, it basically goes down. I, I really uh, learned a lot through the report. I mean, even in my own market. So you go through and you look at all the indicators and you look at what's going on in the market and you look at the transportation, you look at the economics and you look at the job growth and you look at the everything coming in and it just adds up. And I, I was wowed. I said, wow, I would buy in this market. Well, I'm, I am in this market. It's, a, it's just a wonderful market. 
a very wise man uh, uh, once told me, uh, uh, live where you want to live and invest where it, uh, where it makes sense. And uh, It just I think ha happens. Both those things are the same market for you, right? <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. Good stuff. All right. If you'd like a copy of uh, Greg's report, it's good stuff. You can uh, learn anything about it. I mean, here's the thing. If you're interested in Orlando, you want to get the report. But if you're interested in how a guy in the market looks at the market, uh, you can get that report by sending an email to Orlando at realestateguysradio.com. Orlando at realestateguysradio.com. Well, we could go on and on, but we certainly appreciate your time today. Congratulations on your success. And I'm guessing we're going to see uh, you on the Investor Summit. You will certainly see me on the summit. Robert wouldn't miss it. It's uh, And this year we're bringing our son. We love it that you're gearing a little bit more towards the millennials. And uh, we're excited to see uh, what my son can do. Uh, he's uh, graduating from college and he has let uh, my wife and myself know that he wants to be a full-time real estate investor. Wow. So we're getting involved and we're very thankful. You, get, you and Russ have, have totally changed our family tree and we're, we're extremely thankful for that. So thank well, you so much. You're welcome and we're sorry because it is a big change when you start thinking differently. But uh, nothing excites us more than seeing the young folks get the excitement for it. And uh, I had a chance to meet your son last time we did the, the, the interview together and to watch his evolution, right? Pebble in the water, huge, huge stuff. So uh, we will see you and uh, your family at the Investor Summit at Sea. Wonderful. Thanks so much. For There's Greg Bond. If you want to know more about the Orlando market, just send an email to Orlando at realestateguysradio.com. More when we come back, you're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Registration is now open for the Real Estate Guys 15th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning in 2017 are sales legend Tom Hopkins, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Raul, commercial mortgage broker and syndicator Michael Becker, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. Plus, joining us live and in person for his fifth investor summit, Peter Schiff. Plus, more to be announced. It all begins April 1st, 2017 in Houston, Texas. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 15th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. My name is Brad Sumrock and I've taught thousands of my students how to replace their incomes, quit their jobs, and retire faster than they ever thought possible by not investing in single-family homes. You see, there's a secret to retiring fast with little risk, and it has nothing to do with being a landlord, fixing toilets, or flipping houses. The secret is multifamily apartment buildings. Starting from scratch with zero experience, I managed to pocket over $1 million in cash and retire from my 17-year corporate job within three years of apartment investing. Now, this is not your typical no-money-down real estate training. We believe in smart, hard work for intelligent people. So if you're good with your finances, have a decent job, or saving your money, and you're looking for a change in getting out of the rat race, then investing in apartment buildings might just be the answer you've been looking for. Send an email right now to sumrock at realestateguysradio.com to get the details of my upcoming training event and you'll also receive my free training webinar, Apartment Investing for Beginners. That's sumrock, S-U-M-R-O-K, at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Doug Casey, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys 
oh my goodness, so great to uh, get around Greg Bond. Yeah, it's it's you know it's great to hear the story, the evolution of him as an investor, where he started, where he is. Some of those breakthrough points, we talk about that launch syndication mentoring club all the time, this idea of getting stuck and then having a breakthrough, seeking out mentors, you know, and uh, I'm happy that we got a chance to play a little bit of a small part in, in Greg's evolution. But, you know, the thing, I mean, we've been high on Central Florida for a long time, you yeah. know, there's only uh, a few states in the union that are no state income tax. And you look at what's going on in the world and when people are looking for a place to maintain a high quality standard of living and be in a major metro and have all the things they need from medical care, entertainment, shopping, transportation, education. And jobs. And jobs. All of that going on for even Orlando or Florida in general was the uh, number two job creation state behind Texas during the oil boom. And they did it without oil. And so that's interesting. So it's a marketplace we've been very, very interested in. So it's exciting now to have that opportunity opening up where Greg is sharing the success that he's had and making it available to other people. So I well, love that. Well, I think the big thing, you know, last time we were in Orlando, we saw the big infrastructure. We saw a lot was happening in terms of jobs, vibrant market, vital market. It's a it's a transportation hub, but it's also great for not only tourism, but conventions and meetings and things like that. But there was that frustration of inventory, yeah. finding the inventory, part of it because of the legal constriction of getting that stuff worked through the boa constrictor, if you will. And then the other part is just how do you get in position to buy right? Greg's business is all about getting the property at the right price, right? I mean, if you spend too much money improving the property, if you pay too much for it, there's not enough margin, one for rent and two to be able to sell at a profit. And your strategy could be one or the other. But when you can't buy right, that's a problem. So quite encouraged. I, I wasn't really sure that that was going to be the answer. I thought it was still going to be, well, it's a great market if you can find a way in. But it sounds like there's a way in. Well, the other thing, I mean, he did it through relationships. You heard how he he got into involved in an organization, networked with people who are out on the streets scurrying up deals instead of him being one of those people he was able to move up the food chain if you will and get those people in get into a symbiotic relationship with those folks and now they're bringing him the deals he's consolidating those deals he's built out the team and the infrastructure to be able to process the volume and on the takeout side of it, the part that I really like about the model is he understands that, yeah, as you mentioned, Robert, he could take it to the MLS and sell it to the retail buyer and make a little bit more per house. But that's a one and done deal. Whereas by dropping the price a little bit and sharing some of the leaving more meat on the bone, if you will, for the buyer, the investor coming in. Now you've got somebody who's going to buy not one, but maybe two or three or four and be a repeat buyer. So it's nice to see a business person who understands the value value of investing in the success of your customer. I'm such a huge believer in that. Yes, could you get more? In the short term, yes. But in the long term, you're going to build up a network of investors that are going to come back and buy more and more and more. When you factor in the reduced cost of marketing in that, at the end of the day, he's actually going to end up making more money than he would have had he taken the myopic short-term approach. Well, the thing I appreciate about Greg is he eats his own cooking, right? He's his number one best customer. He's buying property, keeping property, holding on to it. But he has this really interesting wrinkle, which is this. He doesn't get emotionally attached to property. It's all about the numbers. You heard it's got to work in his metric and so forth. So the stuff he holds and keeps, he's happy to hold and keep, but he's also happy to sell in order to free up capital to go buy something else. And that's interesting for a couple of reasons. Think about the precious metals market. When you go into, say, your precious metals dealer and you want to buy a gold coin, well, the price is set that day. 
but the inventory didn't happen that day necessarily. So a lot of times these dealers can exploit differences in the markets and it goes different ways. But rather than buy today a property in central Florida that you, you have to go acquire and then find the tent, all those kinds of things. If there's a property that's already been producing income in the marketplace, what a tremendous shortcut that is. Well, this is the key because remember, he came from the property management side He and he's still in it. And this is the thing that I love, right? So you got a portfolio that you built, properties that you rehabbed, properties that you tenanted and you managed to stability. And then you offered that to somebody at a very attractive price and, and then retained the management. So now you've got a business model that allows him to retain a piece of the income for providing an important piece of the service. And you now, if you choose to use him, have a property manager who really knows that property. And because it's a long-term investment in the relationship, right, as we just talked about, there's a vested interest in him doing a good job so that you come back and buy more and more and more properties. And oh, by the way, he's still continuing to accumulate in his own portfolio. So the eating your own cooking thing, the strong property management support, which is the key to owning income producing property at a distance and leaving some meat on the bone for the investor and investing in the relationship from Greg's perspective. I mean, that's a pretty cool package. And you marry that to a market like Orlando that because of their foreclosure process still hasn't really flushed all their inventory, meaning they haven't completely recovered like other markets. There are a lot of markets that are already at their 2006, 2007 highs or exceeded it. And he just said that it's below low, you know, it's like 60%. That means there's still some range left on this. So you talk about kind of the perfect storm. It's very, very excited for this opportunity for, uh, you know, for us and anybody out there that, that can understand what they've just learned. Of course, as Ronald Reagan would say, trust, but verify. So do your own research. Make sure you think the market makes sense. A great start is to get the report. Just send an email to Orlando at realestateguysradio.com and you can uh, learn about some more things about this marketplace that make it strong. But then you got to get out and kick some dirt. You got to go see the marketplaces, right? One of the great benefits we have is we travel a lot, which is a blessing and a curse, but it means we have a different perspective of the real estate world than if you're just sitting in your cubicle all week. Now, part of it is we can bring you that, right? So that's a way you can live vicariously through the real estate guys and other folks that are out looking at marketplaces. But uh, eventually, you got to see the market and feel it for yourself. So uh, if you get a chance to get out to uh, Orlando, you'll you'll feel it as soon as you get off the plane, right? Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, or come on the summit and hang out with Greg and the real estate guys and Peter Schiff and Tommy Hopkins and a whole bunch of other great people. Yeah, you can definitely hang out with Greg and all those fine folks at the Investor Summit at Sea takes place April 1st through the 9th, 2017. And registration is open. Get to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click on Summit to learn how you can avoid missing the boat. Hey, big thanks to Greg for sharing time and his great expertise with us today. Next week on The Real Estate Guys, oh my goodness, this is a yearly favorite. Halloween horror stories, things that went desperately, terribly wrong in real estate investing, and way more important, the lessons you can learn from lots of different investors. Love that show. Until next week, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of The Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors. From attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. 
Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.